Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Book of Boba Fett, brought to you by the Pineapple 3 Podcast. This is episode number 55, it's going to be. 54 isn't out yet, but 55 it will be. So yeah, by the time, you know, it makes sense. It it makes sense. You know, I don't know. You know, it's going to be episode 55. I'm one of your hosts, Reese. My co-host, John, he's here also. John, you start talking because I need to go turn off this radiator because I forgot to and I'm an idiot. Hello, everybody. I am... I'm pretty excited right now. Um, Reese has told me all about. Well, he's not told. He's not told me anything about the episode. All he said, he messaged me on. I think it was Wednesday because obviously Reese watches it as soon as it comes out. Um, yeah. So he yeah, messaged yeah. me, and he said a hundred positive. No, it was like it was like feedback. A hundred percent positive. I have, I have nothing negative. negative. Nothing yeah. negative to say about this this episode, and, and that you screamed the whole way through. So I screamed. I've I've I yeah. There are so many points in this in this where I where I screamed and like I added I've added a I've added a couple Star Wars themed sound buttons to our podcast and this is literally like the sound button that I wanted to to play and keep hitting. Oh wait, oh, not again. You didn't hear it. I didn't hear it either. Fuck. Oh, no. Let's try it again. This is what I kept screaming. More. <laughs> so wait, that what is, did I say? It says more. It's Kylo Ren where he's oh, like in the more. Last Jedi where he's yeah. like shooting what he thinks is shooting like Luke and they keep firing at him and he just goes more. More. Yeah. So that's, that's what's me. <laughs> more. That was more. me. More. I wanted more. <laughs> anyway, that, I can't claim credit for that one. There, I heard that sound button on a Star Wars podcast, um, which I will name drop now because I was listening to it and they played that sound effect button and I thought it was fucking hilarious. So that is this podcast, the one that you that you sent me? No, but I was featured on a podcast, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's a different podcast. It was, so it was very the cool. one sound credit for that button goes to the Star Wars sessions. Two British guys that talk about the book of Boba Fett and a whole bunch of Star Wars things. I was featured on another Star Wars podcast called Children of the Watch, um, and they do a, a Boba Fett breakdown like we do. Um, slightly different. They just they just talk about the episode. They don't like watch it. Um, but yeah, I, they do a, a hotline call call in sort of question podcast after their first podcast. So you can call in and ask questions about the episode just gone. And I called in saying about my a couple questions, but the the main end point was to say that the the queen's gonna come back like Gandalf, like at the top of Helm's Deep sort of thing. And I thought it was <laughs> yeah, really yeah. cool. So um, yeah, you can go and listen to that if you want. Either way, yeah, this episode like I'm just I, I just want to crack on with it. I don't even want to. Let's just di- I let's don't want just to do dilly it. Let's dally. Just dive in. So here's what I'm gonna say. Here's here's how it goes. For those who don't know, Book of Boba Fett, we do a live watch through. We both watch it at the same time, and you guys can watch along with us. So if you're on Disney Plus, we essentially go to zero zero zero. We'll do a countdown three to one. You hit play, and you can play it on your TV and have an earpiece in listening to this podcast at the same time, so that you sync up. Um, I need John right now to take off his headphones and mute because there's something special that i'm going to do in this episode that needs to happen so i'm going to tell the audience well first and foremost john you can be here for this bit first thing i'm going to say is you cannot listen to this podcast i'm telling you right now spoiler alert if you've not seen the fucking film get your finger out your ass there is no 
I don't need that. We don't need the sound part. Like, you do not, under any circumstances, listen to this podcast or what I'm about to say going forward if you haven't seen this episode, okay? So make sure that this is your second time watching the episode to listen to our, our overview thing, just because this episode has a ton of talking, and I think everyone should get the chance to watch it raw. Apart from poor wee John, who's going to have to listen to me butt in a little bit. Doesn't matter to me. But John, John's accepting that responsibility. But I, I personally would recommend you watch the episode at least once and then watch it with us doing a breakdown thing. But anyway, John, remove your headset because i got to tell the audience something that you, you don't need to know just yet. Okay, I'm muting you now. Okay, so everybody, John, John cannot hear us right now. So I'm, I'm keeping it spoilers three, just in case you haven't seen the episode yet. But essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause when the Book of Boba Fett intro comes out. So I've got it here at six minutes and three seconds. I'll do a countdown. I'll say three, two, one, pause, and I'm going to pause it because then I want to go through and say a couple things for the rest of the episode, but I don't want to spoil the intro for John by saying that stuff beforehand. So just a heads up, we will be pausing halfway, well, six minutes and three, four seconds into this, and then we'll do another countdown to sync up. Okay, John, come back. I'm back, baby doll. Hello there. There we go. Another one of my new sound buttons. Hello there. I also have. I have a bad feeling about this. And obviously. Love that one. Okay. John, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so fucking ready. Okay, here we go. Everybody, we're going to 000. John, don't go anywhere near the timeline or button or, or anything, okay? Fingers are off buttons. 000. And here we go. I'm going to do the countdown now. Three, Hopefully it works for you. Two, one, play. Okay, two, three, four, five, six. Everyone good? Oh, and do not skip the recap or anything. John, all good? It's playing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Hopefully everyone at home as well is playing for you guys. I don't trust them. Oh. Wait, I'm lagging out. What seconds are you at? 29, 30, 31, 32? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's fine. I'm trying to turn on my subtitles. All right, here we go, peeps. Lucasfilm Limited. The Lego intro. I was literally about to say, grab the grab the controller. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll try and avoid doing that. If you're a vegan, you're not gonna like this opening scene. Yeah, Jesus. Or a vegetarian, I guess. Don't like the look of that, but I love the taste. Mm-hmm. Meat, you know. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> oh shit. He's he's here. <laughs> the end of the last episode they said they were gonna look for some hired muscle and we were like, I don't know, maybe oh maybe Mando be in God. it, maybe he won't, and it's fucking opening and he's just fucking here. Dude, I've got my Mando and fucking Boba standing next to each other right now. Yeah. I'm ready for this. 
He looks so fucking cool. He just, ugh. I love Boba Fett's armor, like, so much, but Mando's armor is also just sick. Awkward. that part is a quote from his very first like episode so good oh shit he has the dark saber he has it looks like it's cold i think this is the first time we've seen someone with a a lightsaber like cut themselves too which i like love because like he doesn't have any training with that thing so it kind of makes sense that he might end up cutting himself yeah <laughs> These are some ugly looking aliens, right? Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're like, like dogs. Dog like men pig things. He's just got a head in a bag. What a start. I know, right? What a start. Okay. Oh. 
Listen to the theme music. They've mixed in both. Okay, three, two, one, pause. Okay, I'm pausing it there. So this is what I told everyone that I was going to do. I'm pausing it there, okay? Okay. And there's a reason I'm pausing it there. It's because for the rest of the episode, for for everyone who's watching this on their second time through, and I think for John also to have just a, a refresher, I uh-huh. need to do a brief history lesson because there are some things that are going to be mentioned later on in this episode that okay. is, if you don't know, it's going to fly right over the top of your head. Like, it's literally for people who are in the know. So I'm, I'm pausing it there, and everyone else is paused just so I can do a very, very quick history lesson. Okay. Now, I couldn't do this beforehand because I didn't want my history lesson to give away the fact that the Mandalorian was was like going to show up, right? Yeah. Okay, so the three things that I'm going to go through very quickly are what a mythosaur is, what is Mandalore and Concordia, and the brief overview of the Darksaber, okay? Okay. So super quick things. Okay, so a mythosaur, for those who don't know, is on Boba Fett and on most Mandalorians, you'll see a skull sort of symbol. Um... That is the skull of a beast called a mythosaur. So on the planet of Mandalore, these mythosaur beasts used to be around and then the Mandalores killed them all. They're like huge dinosaurs and it sort of became a symbol for Mandalorians to sort of like rally behind, okay? It's not important really. Like they, I think they briefly mention it later on, but just if you've never heard the term mythosaur, it's the skull that is on most of the Mandalorians' armor. It's just a okay. symbol essentially. So that's that explained briefly. Next, Mandalore and Concordia. So Mandalore is a planet. A Mandalorian is like a a type of person, okay? And they often are found from Mandalore, the planet. Okay, so Mandalore is their planet and Concordia is a moon that surrounds um, Mandalore, okay? Okay. Um, So Mandalore in the Clone Wars is a peaceful, non-violent, neutral planet led by Duchess Satine Craze, who Mm Obi-Wan kind of fancies. And John, you remember this from the Clone Wars. Yep. Concordia is where the warriors who follow the way of the Mandalore are sort of banished to when Mandalore becomes a peaceful place. Okay? So right, the moon okay. is essentially the warrior nation now of Mandalorians, and mm-hmm. Mandalore became a peaceful planet under uh, Duchess Satine. So Duchess Satine has a sister um, called Bo-Katan, who's the ginger one. And uh, she works on Concordia along with some other guys, um, uh, called, uh, called Death Watch. Death yep. Watch are like a terrorist organization, but they follow the way of the Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And they are run by a guy called Pre Vizsla of House Vizsla. So in Mandalore, there's different clans. One of the clans is called Vizsla, which Pre Vizsla is who runs that. And bo with them. And then Death Watch partner with Maul to take over Mandalore, which you've seen in the Clone Wars and we've already talked about. Maul kills Pre Vizsla in a battle to the death taking the Darksaber, so he becomes the ruler of Mandalore, and then Bo-Katan refuses to bend the knee to Maul because she thinks that's wrong, so then she breaks off from Death Watch, and Maul's now Death Watch, to become the, um, what are they called? The Night Owls, okay? So Bo-Katan goes off on her own sort of thing, Maul has the rest of Mandalore, and then essentially Ahsoka and the Republic intervene on Mandalore with Bo-Katan's permission, and we have what we... Assume is called the Siege of Mandalore, which is basically the Republic and Bo Katan's Mandalores fighting against Maul and his Mandalores for control of the planet. Okay? So, yep. brief history lesson there. 
Um, and that's pretty much what happens. And then Bo-Katan sort of like, and the rebel forces sort of win, but then everything happens of Order 66 and the Empire sort of becomes a thing. So anyway, then in the TV series Rebels, which is set before A New Hope, we see Mandalore is like now under the Empire's control. Um, again, probably because of like Order 66 and everything, something went wrong there. So Mandalore now is is in control by the Empire, basically. But there are Mandalorians that are loyal to the Empire on that planet now. So yeah, so the Rebels crew, um, they find Bo-Katan and basically take Mandalore back. That's like a whole few episodes in uh, Rebels TV series. And then there's... Uh, in the Rebels crew, there's an outcast Mandalorian called Sabine. And she yep. essentially, I'm explaining in a minute, has the Darksaber and gives it to Bo-Katan. So that Bo-Katan can then lead Mandalore into the future. Okay? Okay. So then fast forward to the Mandalorian TV show. And we hear from many different like sources from the Mandalore to Boba Fett to, to, to um, Moff Gideon. They talk about the curse of Mandalore and how that planet is now glass and you can't live there. Moff Gideon says that um, something ter- like a terrible event happened on Mandalore called the Night of a Thousand Tears, but we've never really been given anything other than something bad happened on Mandalore, so no one like can live there anymore, essentially. Yeah. Um, and Bo-Katan says that she needs to kill Moff Gideon to take back the Darksaber who assuming I'm assuming Moth Gideon at some point took the Darksaber from her and then shit happened on Mandalore and now she wants it back, kind of. That's what we got left at the end of Mandalore Season 2. Yeah. All good so far. Okay, so that's a brief history of like Mandalore as a planet. So from a, a, a peaceful nation all the way through to like supposedly we heard that something bad had happened to it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Concordia is the moon where the warriors sort of were exiled to. Yeah. Okay? That's what Makes we need sense. to know there. Okay, so the Darksaber. I'm just going to do a brief history as to who's who, where it came from and who's had it. So the Darksaber was made by the one and only Mandalorian Jedi Mix. His name was Tar of House Vizsla. Okay? So Tar Vizsla. Again, you heard early, later on about another Vizsla. So that family. Anyway, so when he died, the Jedi kept the Darksaber and put it back in their temple. And then during the fall of the Old Republic, House Vizsla, the Mandalorians from House Vizsla, came back and stole it. And then they've used it as a symbol for the right to rule Mandalore ever since, which we already know about. So fast forward to the Clone Wars and we see Prizla, Pre Vizsla has on the Concordian moon. He has, um, he's trying to keep the old ways still alive with Death Watch and he has the Darksaber. Later on, he then joins with Maul. Maul then fight challenges him to a fight to the death for the Darksaber and the right to rule Mandalore, which Maul then wins. Maul then kills Duchess Satine with it. Um, and then Maul basically goes back to Dathomir and keeps the Darksaber on like a trophy stand, essentially. He uh-huh. has like a picture of um, Duchess Satine with like blood across her face and eyes and the the dark saber in front of it so he's keep maul essentially wants to keep it as like a trophy because yeah he killed it, obi-wan it. and also kind of as a reminder of like he was the leader and he has this thing and no one else can have it anyway there's an episode in rebels where they have to go to dathomir and sabine this exile mandalorian who's a part of the rebels crew get basically essentially finds the dark saber and knows the history of it and know its importance so thinks that by taking it and learning how to use it she can unite mandalorians to go and free mandalore from the empire Mm -hmm. um 
So Sabine trains with it to become the Mandalorian leader, but through her training and everything, she comes across Bo-Katan and then realizes that she's not the rightful leader. It should be Bo-Katan, who's the sister of the original sort of duchess who was in control anyway. Yeah. So she gives the Darksaber, like physically hands it to Bo-Katan and says, here you go, you take the Darksaber and go and rule Mandalore. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we have a big fast-forward gap into the Mandalorian TV series where suddenly we see that Moff Gideon has the Darksaber and Bo-Katan wants to take it back, right? So something happened there, which again, we don't know what happens, but Bo-Katan was given it, and then somehow Moff Gideon's got it, okay? Yeah. And then Din beats Moff Gideon, so now Din is the rightful owner of the Darksaber and has it, and we just saw in the intro there of this episode that he still currently has it, Mm -hmm. okay? Yep. All so that's sense. a brief history lesson all filled in and now we can crack on with the rest of this episode and hopefully when they get down to there's a certain part where a lot of talking happens and and some other things you'll you'll be able to understand, yeah, more, understand more knowing yeah. about mandalore the moon concordia um and dark saber history and stuff like that okay okay all good i just needed to get that out so that john could definitely enjoy this and hopefully everyone else can enjoy it a little bit more too yeah okay we are at six minutes and 12 seconds and we're going to play in three, two, one, play. 14 seconds, 15 seconds, 16 seconds, and so on. This is the coolest looking planet thing in the world. Apparently, I've never played Halo, but apparently it looks like Halo. Really? It's essentially a huge a, ring a around a star. A man-made ring around a star, like space station, and it's got a hole in the ring so that light can pass through it to create day and night as it rotates around the star. Oh, Pretty that's cool. well cool. Yeah, really cool. I love this little scene because like it's just so humanizing like it makes it feel like the real world also this is all one take so far like I'm fairly certain they don't cut for this whole time which is crazy it's just like one scene
Just when people are having a meal and you dump a severed head on the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is all one shot still. Like, they haven't cut away. Yeah, like, the not. camera just keeps going. It's so cool. That's quite cool. You don't normally see that in, like, TV shows and films. Yeah. You've gotten quiet. I don't know if you're further away from the mic or... Yeah, sorry. I moved a little bit further. Yeah, okay. That's fine. He's got a boo-boo. There you go, and then we cut away from. But that's all one shot. That's kind of crazy. It's like a whole minute. This is the first time in the book of Boba Fett that we're like away from Tatooine. We talked about that last week, actually, how we haven't been away from Tatooine. I know. We talked about a lot last week that things are happening this episode. Ooh. Okay, so that's a mythosaur skull. Uh-huh. We know what that could mean. So I think each clan or like creed or whatever has their own like sigil as well. So we see on his on Mando's right shoulder there, he has the little rhino horn, and he got yeah. given that as a clan for him and um, Baby Yoda to start a new sort of family line or whatever. So I think Mandalorians in general use symbols as sort of like language almost. I, yeah, identity. Or, yeah, like identifiers. Um, but the Mythosaur is sort of like all of them in one. It's like a universal symbol. Because, like, yeah, they hunted down these big beasts and, like, killed them, so. Ooh, that's the... The armorer. Armorer, yeah. Mm-hmm. So last time we saw these guys was when they helped him on Navarro and then a lot of them died So we just found out there that that guy's name is Paz Vizsla. Mm-hmm. So he got some history. Also, cool fact. So not the guy in that suit, but John Favreau is doing the voice for him. And he also did the voice for um, the other Vizsla dude.
So there's a good chance there she's talking about, you know, folklore stuff. like that it's kind of a cool bit i'm going to talk about that in the end yeah he needs new armor though does he why well just more armor sorry nah, he's he burnt himself all oh, right all right talking about bogotan now mm-hmm So this is us now seeing what the heck happened to Mandalore for the first okay. time ever. Holy shit. So this is supposedly orchestrated by Moff Gideon, because from what oh. they just said about him killing millions. This is like Terminator 2. 
<gasps> no. She's making oh, Rogu a little please. son. Please. Please. If I see Grogu. So just keep an eye on what she's making here because we don't get the finished product, but we get this. Little ring-like thing. Chain mail things. And watch how she ties this knot. Look. It's a little Grogu head. <laughs> it's symbolism right there I'm telling you there's two ears and a little head okay so important information here and I'll explain when they're done talking they're just counting in Mandalore that's all that language oh, okay. Mandalorian going one two three four oh shit <laughs> Where the fuck yeah. did he go? He just fucking fell. Oh off. wait, he's got a jetpack. Yeah, yeah. he's all good. <laughs> okay. So he just said it gets heavier with each move. This is how he ended up cutting himself earlier because it gets heavy. Dun dun dun. This guy's a beefy boy. <laughs> He's a hunky boy. Yes, yes, yes. Got a bit of beef to him. Okay, so Could just to briefly explain, the dark saber gets heavier because the kyber crystal is alive, and essentially, like if at the amount of energy your thoughts and feelings interact with the kyber crystal. So basically, oh. this is why Jedi take years to learn how to use a lightsaber because they have to be at one and at peace to wield a living crystal. And basically anyone mm. who picks up a, and this one's like thousands of years old too so the dark saber is made very uniquely so it might have its own properties that we don't know about 
but essentially whatever energy you put into your lightsaber so if you're just thinking like i'm gonna fucking swing it and all this sort of shit gets heavier because you're not working with it you're not yeah. in unison you're not one Like, and a bleeding red kyber crystal demands, like, death and anger and stuff. So that's why the yeah. Sith can wield them that way. Because the crystal, want, like, is forced to be that. Beefy boys throwing him around. You guys can't see this, but John John looks like he was about to about to have an issue there. I thought he was gonna kill him. Awkward. This is a bit of an awkward one. Oh. She's harsh, like. Yeah, but it's understandable. She's following the rules. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he removed his helmet in season one to a robot, which technically would be fine. And then season two, he, had, he removed it twice, once out of necessity to enter into the uh, Imperial like base thing base to yeah. scan his face and then two the second one is the worst one which is he chose to do it for grogu to see his face mm -hmm. to say goodbye so which was a very touching moment it was but it means that he has been kicked out of that clan but it must be like strange for him too because He's seen Bo-Katan and all that remove their helmets and knows that they are Mandalorians. And he's also seen yeah. Boba Fett, who's like doesn't say that he's a Mandalore, but he lives like a Mandalore and has Mandalore, Mandalore heritage and whatnot. And he also removes his helmet. So, I don't know.
this droid is in Disney theme park. Is the droid oh, really? that um, takes you on Star Tours, which is like a commercial Star Wars tour ride in Disney in Florida. Can't remember his name, but yeah, it's a good little throw in there. This is like a typical thing at the airport. Like, yeah. he, this is another really good like he's humanizing. Been fu- yeah, he's been scene. fucked by the customs bit, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think we've been lagging in and out a little bit. We're currently at 26 minutes, 46, 47, 48, 49. Yeah, I love that line. I know everything that's in there. Like, how many times have you been, like, scared to, like, turn over a certain luggage and then... Yeah, I know. When you've got literally nothing to hide, but you're still, like, in doubt. Sorry if people just heard my uh, my Yoda sound effect. It's my email. Hey, he's like oh. a baby... Rodian, they're called. Rodian, that's it. What was the main one of those guys called? Was it Greedo? Greedo, yeah. The bounty Greedo, hunter. yeah. Hand shot first. <laughs> yeah. So there's clearly some symbolism here that he's missing the kid. But tell me that this knot is not Baby Yoda's head. It's complete symbolism. Look at this next oh, shot. Oh, for sure. Tell me that's yeah. not Grogu. Come on, yeah. two ears, a little ball in the middle. That's. But yeah, he's got a gift for him. As to what it is, I don't know. I don't know, but we will we will theorize. At the Did end. he leave with the armor, yeah? Did he leave with it? What? The armor. What do you mean for the armor? For Grogu. Or, or we... Whatever got made is in that little pouch. Oh. That bundle thing that she tied up, that's Grogu's gift. Whatever it is, we don't know. And now he's arriving on Tatooine. So nothing's missing. Okay, this droid here is a BD unit. And the only time we ever see that droid is in the, the PlayStation video game um, Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. The main character who's a, a Jedi Padawan, his that's his droid. Oh, really? But it's the I think it's the type of droid is the same. I'm not saying this is his his droid. Yeah, yeah it's just it's a like, certain... You know how yeah. you have like R2 units and then you have yeah, R2-D2, yeah, yeah. the specific one? So this is a BD droid. But it's the first time he's ever been in live action. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because in when he's first introduced in the PlayStation game, like right away, he hurts his foot and the main character like fixes his foot and then they bond and become friends. So you'll see in a second this destroyed's hurt his foot and it's just kind of a cool little tie in. <laughs> so I'm assuming this creature that's attacking them is a womp rat. 
which is spoken about in the original Star Wars by Luke. Look, he's hurt his foot. Aww. And that's how, like, Cal finds him in the game. Cal Kiss Kistak, or whatever his name is. Razor Crest was his ship, obviously. Got blown off. Blown up. Blown off. <laughs> That looks like a... Oh, wait. What do you think? Yeah, that looks like a, one of... That... That looks like one of the pod racers. The what? Pod racers? Well, the, yeah, one of the pod so, racing... No, not quite a pod vehicles. racer, but it's in that movie. So the Phantom Menace on Naboo, they have Naboo Starfighters, which is what this is. They're yellow oh. and obviously a lot more built than that. Yeah. But when Anakin Skywalker is a kid... He gets told by Qui-Gon to stay in the cockpit and then it goes onto autopilot and he flies in a ship. Oh, that's a Naboo that's... fighter, which is one of these. Okay. It's not the same one, but it's one of these. I knew I recognized it. Yeah. And they are and always have been my favorite ship of all time ever in Star Wars. Like I think they look the coolest. I think they sound the coolest. They're just unbelievably awesome. So I creamed when I saw this. <laughs> Yeah, this is just like Phantom Menace, like homage, like all the way. <laughs> so yeah, this little BD unit, Cal Kestis's best friend. I think the one in the Jedi game is called BD-1. And this one's just BD unit, so I don't know.
I need a Jawa sound button. Houdini. Houdini. So R5, once again, is the original droid that Luke is supposed to buy, and then it blows a motivator, and then he ends up buying R2 instead. Another cool... Very cool. Little Easter egg there. Yeah. So in The New Hope, literally, like, he picks R5, he starts walking towards his house, and then it blows up, and he goes, hey, this R2 unit's got a bad motivator. <laughs> and then they say, what about that one? They talk about the blue one. And then they get R2-D2. So funny, she dated a Jawa. Okay, and that's funny. So she's like, they're very Ooh, furry. Okay, so we got a good little montage here. She's like kind of fast and furious in space. Mm. But yeah, so he just ordered a custom part from um, the Jawas, and they're going to come back with a custom part in a minute. And what they show, I want you, John, to tell me where we've seen it before. Okay. Because the second I saw it, I was like, oh my god. And I think it's probably one of my biggest nerd catches that I've ever caught. But I knew exactly what it was right off the get-go. I'll see if you will. Okay. I'm feeling a little bit of pressure now. Yeah. I doubt I would be shocked if you get it. If you get it, then you're as nerdy as I am. But... She says here that she's never been off-world and it almost lingers too long as if like she's going to end up going off-world at some point yeah. with Mando or with Boba Mando. Fett or something. All that to essentially say, basically, they've given him NOS. Oh, okay. In the spaceship. That's a gonk droid. Okay, this is what this this robot does, droid, sorry, does in the video game. Is it projects like a map, a mini map and things for you to like From learn? to go, yeah. Yeah, he gets the little tippy. I love him. I love the BD unit. Look how shiny that is. I know. They sort of do a really good job of making it shiny like his armor and also yeah. a little bit of yellow on it from the original ship but also the razor crest was all gray silver shiny with a little bit of yellow on it so it kind of like suits his style anyway i'm liking the look of this i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna wait till the end of the episode to tell you something but like okay something about this ship that like i'm predicting and like i'm gonna pray happens but yeah i can't all the pit droids as well they were introduced here we go this do you recognize that i don't know okay so 
in A New Hope, the very first Star Wars movie ever, Luke and Han go to save save Princess Leia and they go into the trash compactor and the walls start closing in and they have to yep. put this big stick up to stop the walls closing That's in. That's it? That's the stick. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second I saw it, I was like, oh my fucking God, that's the stick that they use. <laughs> and that's the nerdiest thing I've ever caught, but 100%. That's, that's, that's a, a nice catch. That's the stick that's they use nice to prop catch. the walls. So it was just like, obviously, like old spaceship sh- parts uh-huh. that was just thrown away that the Empire didn't need. But yeah. That's really fucking cool. Star Wars Rooster. I was going to say that's like a. Here we go. Oh, she's a beauty. So George Lucas and a couple, um, and one other person I'm blanking on his name, were like huge fans of like hot rod cars. Uh-huh. And they have the engines that stick up out of the hood at the front. Yeah. So I think this is a little bit of a homage to that. To them, yeah. Um, I think we lagged a little bit. We're at 39 minutes, 3 seconds, 4 seconds, 5 seconds, 6 seconds. But yeah, I just I just love it. So when Anakin flies this thing in the Phantom Menace, he has that little back bubble part that you can see there. That's where R2 mm-hmm. sits. Sits, yeah. That'll be where Grogu sits. Yeah, so she says that she's gotten rid of it because she knows that he doesn't like droids. Although that whole scene arguably says that he does like droids now. He's like working with them now. But yeah, yeah, it's a perfect little bubble at the back. And if Grogu doesn't end up in that thing, I'm going to fucking cry. He's got to. He's got to. So here's the thing I'm predicting, right? They're going to make a pop Funko of the Mandalorian and hopefully Grogu in that little bubble thing and this Ooh. ship. And I'm going to buy all of them. I'm going to have all of them. I'm going to have a room full of them. <laughs> because it's like my favorite ship in the world. It's been modded for one of my favorite characters with Baby Yoda in it. Oh, just so good. Come on, take her out on a test drive. Oh, John. Oh, John. You are not ready for the test drive. <laughs> Let me have it. I'm glad you've got headphones on. You need, like, to hear the sound here. The inside of the fucking cockpit. Oh. <laughs> it's just so fucking she's cool. purring i do kind of maybe want them to like put some finishing patches on it because the original one was so sleek looking but the fact that this is modded and custom i also love that you can yeah, see it, into this, it look how this look how cool good this look like just you couldn't tell this is not real all of this is fake shit right now right i guess some yeah. of it's practical models but like look how good this looks Oh, the sound, the sound, John. (laughs) 
It's just so cool. Oh. The second, the second that they took off, by the way, when I watched this for the first time, I shouted exactly where they were going. I said, "I know where they're going. They better go there." Is this? You can say it. You're right. This is through. This is the the course that they take. This is the pod racing course. Yeah. At, so they're oh, gonna head. She's about to say it, but there's a. Yeah, here we go. So Beggar's Canyon is where Luke learned how to fly and also where they are a main part of the pod race with Anakin on Doom This is where like, a lot of them here went go, down. Here it. here it comes. You're going to see the ramp where he gets forced up and like ends up going into the air. Here. And it's still broken. The ramp like barge bit there is still no. smashed up when his pod race went through it. Oh, that is... It's just so I love beautiful. the detail. It's so beautiful. And it looks exactly like it did in The Phantom Menace. So he's flying a custom Naboo fighter from The Phantom Menace through the pod racing course from The Phantom Menace. Oh my, that's... Oh, it's just so good. Okay, there's one more Phantom <laughs> Menace thing too. coming up. It's the same aliens that he was on the flight with. Mm-hmm. A little Rodian kid. Look at that little bubble at the back. That is Baby Yoda-sized for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Anakin, when he gets into the Naboo fighter and it's on autopilot, he takes it off autopilot, and then he says, I'll try spinning. That's a neat trick. And then he just uh-huh. spins like this. And it's just it's a tiny little throwback <laughs> to that too, but oh, so good. And then here is just cream pie. We have a Naboo fighter next to two X-Wings. And it's like the merging of the prequels of the originals. And oh, so good. So this guy, remember his face. I'll explain him in a second. Do you recognize that guy? He's in The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2. Oh, really? Yeah, he's one of the pilots that comes down. And then he also talks with Cara Dune and gives her the badge. So there we go. That's his NOS. Okay, so this guy here, this actor, 
he uh-huh. is the body of Luke from Mandalorian season two. So he's the guy who was Luke Skywalker, and then oh, they've put on Mark Hamill's face. His face and stuff. So this is his, like, they've given him, like, a facial role. That's quite cool. Yeah, it is like, cool. They've done that. I would feel great about that. Like, to get in an X-Wing and be Luke Skywalker? Like, come on. Yeah. Okay, he just said wizard there. And that's, again, a Phantom Menace throwback to when the kids are talking about Anakin's pod race. And he's like, yeah, it's wizard, Annie. It's just, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, I kind of thought it was going to be her. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Please don't tell me that's the end. Oh. That's the end. How is that the end? Okay, John, do you want to hear do you want to hear kidding an, me. Do you want to hear another sound button that I have? First okay, of all, let's hear it. more. Cuz obviously we want more. more. I want more. Here's here's my second sound button. I would like to see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay a little visit to a little friend. I would, I like, would like to, to see, see the baby. The baby. <laughs> I thought that the whole time I was watching it. I was like, that's from, like uh, to see the that's from season one of Mandalorian. Yeah, right? that's the little when they get, when scary they capture dude Grogu. who yeah. like, wants, wants Grogu. Um, oh my god. Okay, so. What an episode. First things first, okay? Your initial thoughts on the episode, because there's lots that we need to talk about. Okay, so we're we're gonna yeah. we are gonna go into this, but just there's initial initial thoughts. Don't even dive into anything too specific. Did you like the episode? I'm just gonna say, it. yeah, I loved it. Absolutely okay. loved it. So here's the fucking thing, right? I finished this episode, and I literally like I've never screamed or shouted out. I scared the dog so many times watching this episode. <laughs> like I. I cannot express how happy and excited this episode made me because of like so much that we're going to get into. But it's a Book of Boba Fett episode that has and we didn't zero, Boba. zero Boba Fett in it. Like, yeah. he's literally not in it. And as to how that can happen, I don't get it at all. But here's the thing. So there are seven episodes in this series, okay? Uh-huh. normally, always, they've done six or eight. That's it. They've never done seven. So I'm thinking of this as sort of, as we said at the end of the last episode, we knew that they were hinting to bringing Mando back, but there were so many questions that needed answered. Um, and this was the... And this was basically the sort yeah. of prelude, sort of introduction of Mandalorian Season 3. So we find out how and what he's going to be doing in Mandalore Season 3. And we also find out how exactly he's coming into the book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. and where he's at. Because we didn't know tons of stuff. We didn't know what ship he would have because he had no ship. Nope. Yeah. We didn't know if he'd still have the dark saber. We didn't know how he was feeling about uh, Grogu and what was happening there. We didn't know if he was going back to bounty hunting. We didn't know anything. Like literally had no clue what Mando would be up to. 
and it'd be way too much for him to like was he going to go help Bo-Katan like take Mandalore like what even happened to Mandalore so this episode like whilst there was no Boba Fett and it is kind of weird that it's in the book of Boba Fett I'm fairly certain when Mandalore season three comes out they're gonna take it out of the book of Boba Fett or double it and also put it into like a prequel of season like with the the, the Mandalorian essentially yeah um I don't know. I think this was just a, because as we were saying last week, how you wanted it, you wanted it done correct. Like you yeah. didn't want it rushed. You didn't want yeah. five minutes of just like, all right, he's here. He's got a new ship. He's not got the dark saber. He's got the dark saber. Yeah, there would be like, way too many how, questions. Yeah. Whereas they've taken the approach that, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna have we're gonna have six Boba Fett episodes, but mm-hmm. we're gonna have an extra one dedicated to introducing Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, or or then yeah. into Jen. or Mando into like the the book of Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. episode was it episode five? Yeah. So like let's go episode five. That will be his dedicated one. Mm-hmm. Introducing him for episode six, six and seven. seven. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I fully agree. Like I think that they've done it perfectly. I do. Like I've been on Reddit. And I've seen a ton of people saying like all this shit about how like you know you're really shitting all over Boba Fett because like you've made this awesome episode for Mando, but you've not given Boba Fett an awesome episode yet. And, like, I understand that I do, and I I am also, like, you can listen back to the episodes, and we've been saying that we want to see Boba Fett be awesome, as awesome as Mando was in this. Like, Mando Mm -hmm. got action scenes. He got, like, nice talking scenes. He got, like, really heartfelt moments. Like, they they did his character such good, like, justice in this that they've not done yet with Boba Fett. I'm hoping that's coming in episode 6 or 7 for Boba Fett. And he really... Cause yeah, he's Boba Fett's taken the back seat to like Fennec. She's sort of been running things for a lot of it, or because of the flashbacks back and forth, we're never really it with the same character, like the same version yeah. of Boba Fett for for a whole episode. So I'm hoping that is coming up. But yeah, I'm just I I don't I don't give a single shit because they did it right and they did it so well. Like a whole episode to the Mandalorian, like doesn't doesn't sound great but also like they did it so good that like i'm fully happy to have these worlds like cross over and mix and match Me- and yeah. i wouldn't give a shit either if like in the mandalorian season if we got a whole episode about boba fett like that would i why yeah. would i care no. when i love star wars and like, i love i know the two exactly. of them are sort of like interweaving anyway exactly so yeah fucking insane episode it yeah it was incredible and yeah, at the Absolutely. end, like him saying, you know, he's going to see a little friend. Like, I would like oh to God. see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's like so inter- it's, it's making it's making a, everybody want season three Mandalorian. It like, is. Uh, so it's what they should be doing. Running through sort of like the playbook here. Okay, so we know that Baba needs muscle, and Fennec mm-hmm. hinted heavily that she was going to find Mando, and she has. Mando said. That he's going to help Boba Fett on the house. Like, he's up for it. He wants to help out Boba Fett. Makes sense, right? Like, he helped him out with Grogu and all this sort of stuff. So, he's like, yeah, on the house, I'll help you. But first, I need to go and see Grogu, right? Uh-huh. Is what he's saying. So, now thinking about it realistically, and I'm, I'm, I'm scared to make any prediction because, like, I thought that Mando might be in this season for, like, a little bit, but not too long. And then we got a whole episode of Mandalorian. So, like... I'm thinking maybe episode six, Mando's away. We don't see him. We don't see him see Baby Yoda. I don't think we're going to see Baby Yoda. Um, although, like, it would be great if we did. But again, I think they won't. 
And I think what's going to happen is the next episode, we're going to see the war with the Spice Syndicate start. Boba Fett uh-huh. is finding out who he's fighting against, and the, the war sort of starts there. And then the fin- finale, I think he's going to come, fl- Mando's going to come flying in in his new ship and kick some ass and join for the final fight and come back to like save the day kind of thing. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so and he then, might be the, and the I think, Gandalf of I think, two towers. I think so. And I think Twin that towers. he's going to come back being way better with the Darksaber. And then I think season three of The Mandalorian is going to pick up after this episode. And the first episode is going to be him going to see Grogu and Luke. And uh-huh. Luke training him and teaching him how to use the Darksaber. That'd be an interesting episode. Now, that would be really cool. And then it makes sense because he's got to get better with the dark saber. But also, I don't know the motivation behind why would Luke teach him how to use the, the dark saber. It doesn't of, really yeah. make sense, especially Maybe. when it belonged to a Jedi. Why well, like the dark saber? It did, but like it belonged to like a Mandalorian Jedi. So I don't think there's any issue with like Mandalorians having it. But it's just like I don't see why he would take the time to teach him kind of thing. There's another crazy theory that maybe Grogu is going to become the next Tar Vizsla. He's going to become the next Mandalorian Jedi. And he's going to have the Darksaber and no, like, but armor and to, stuff. Then he'd have to defeat the Mando. Yeah, like there's there's like things bad about it, obviously. But he's being raised Mandalorian and Jedi. So it Jedi, kind of yeah. is pushing him into that. Um Okay, right. We're just we're just gonna go f- few through the episode and just point out a few things. One, I think this episode did some really cool what I'm calling humanizing moments. So when he steps into the elevator and the two aliens sort of like look when he looks away, sort of thing, and the security on like getting onto the like the plane and stuff, mm-hmm. and the fixing up the old ship and having a bit of banter back and forward. I love stuff like that because it was like it was a really full on episode, but there was these great little light hearted humanizing moments where it's like, oh yeah, I do that, you know, like I look at someone yeah, when they're bring, in. it brings it back. Yeah, exactly, right. It just sort of like really like puts you in it. So I thought this episode did that mm-hmm. really well. Um, the uh, the intro with Mando where he just comes in fucking hot, like and he's bounty hunting, but we find out he's bounty hunting with the purpose of finding the creed. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting because I, I think that he basically doesn't he's lost without baby Yoda like he doesn't know what to do so he's going back to what he used to do and or he's trying to get more involved with the creed um, and thinks he should be sort of like finding them to find new purpose because they gave him the original purpose of taking baby Yoda back sort of thing but I just don't think it's really him anymore and I think that when you see him fighting with the dark saber in that opening scene he's like almost angry like cutting people in half that he's not normally done every other bounty we've seen him work on he's always taken them alive where possible yeah and avoided violence so i think we do oh, he, sort of, he fucked shit up in that first scene yeah like, i think we he, purposely he, like, see that because he's like i don't know he's a bit broken at the minute he's a bit lost at first i thought it was boba like but when he was behind the Mm-hmm. You know, like the 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 dividers. They the they want you to think that until yeah, I thought it was Boba and the shadow then, of the spear. That's yeah, the giveaway. That's I was like, oh wait a minute. Plus, then he he fucking walks in, and you get the uh, where is it? Oh, I haven't added it. Uh, yeah, I've got, I I was gonna add the Mando sound effect button, but uh, yeah, crazy. Um, what was I gonna say next? Sorry, looking at my notes here. Yeah, so when he goes to... Did you understand everything about what the man, uh, the armorer was saying to him? Like, all all that was good? 
yeah, about the dark saber and how mm-hmm. like you'd have to win it properly through battle, not just be given it because obviously that's what happened to uh, Bogotan. Mm-hmm. She, how did she acquire it again? Okay, so Bogotan. We know that Bogotan got given it by Sabine Wren in Rebels. Like literally, like they oh, okay, just. So that's something so that I've not seen yet. Okay, here's yeah. the story. So in Rebels, Sabine and Bogotan had just liberated Mandalore. So all the House clans had been freed of the Empire. Like they'd gone in, they'd wiped out the Empire, they'd kicked them off world, and so Mandalore, in, in essential, was there for the taking to be run again by Mandalore. And Sabine mm. had the dark saber and had the kind of kind of the right to the dark saber, I guess. But she decided to give it to Bo-Katan, knowing that Bo-Katan was her family had previously led Mandalore, and knowing that she would be a better ruler than Sabine would be. So she uh-huh. gave her the the dark saber in front of all the Mandalorians, and then she holds it up, and they all bow down to her, and it's it's passed on like Bo-Katan is now the leader of Mandalore. Then it made sense. The though, armorer tells us that, that like. Yeah. In folklore, there is a curse that if you don't mm-hmm. win the Darksaber through the right way by combat, then you curse Mandalore and bad things are going to happen. And then we find out when he asks her about, <laughs> yeah. do you know of Bo-Katan? We were like, oh yeah, well, basically Bo-Katan, you know, was given the Darksaber and then tragedy, like her family lost their way. And they lost their way in two ways. One is that her family, which includes her sister, decided to mm-hmm. ignore Mandalorian history and decided to get rid of their armor, get rid of the Beskar, and just live a peaceful, pacifist life. Yep. And then the second way that they lost their way is because bo was given it and decided to rule that way. And then Moff Gideon, obviously, I'm assuming Moff Gideon found out, obviously, that the Empire got kicked off of Mandalore, so then decided to hit back hard and basically he just picks. destroy the planet, which we see, and mm-hmm. then must have some way somehow got the dark saber back and then yeah we find out like all all of that shit kicked off no yeah it all made sense so when, when there we go i got it there we go there's my sound effect that's what i wanted um so yeah that was just kind of all crazy to see that first of all it's the first time seeing mandalore the planet in live action so that was cool there's mm-hmm. still some things to be filled in around Bo-Katan and Moff Gideon, but we heard there that Moff Gideon's still alive, so I'm sure that he's going to be interviewed or interrogated or even escape or something, and that's going to build around. Something else I wanted to get into is that they talk about the um, the Beskar spear that he has. Mm-hmm. So just to run it back, in Season 2, when we get introduced to Ahsoka, is when Ahsoka is after this girl who works for the Empire, sorry, this lady who works for the Empire, and they have a fight, and it's Ahsoka yeah. Tano versus her, and she's using the Beskar spear. Okay, Ahsoka is fighting her for information about um, Grand Admiral Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, not Tarkin. Tarkin's the, the 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 blue guy. Why am I blanking on his name? Thrawn. Thrawn. That's it. Grand. Uh, sorry. Admiral Thrawn, okay? So Thrawn is a blue-skinned alien dude who's like an absolute beast. He's a huge big bad in Rebels and a bunch of books and comic books and all this sort of stuff, okay? Okay. And you've not seen Rebels, so it won't make any sense to you just now. But essentially, there's a Jedi who traps Thrawn and they get sent off somewhere, some way, somehow, don't know where or when. Okay? So they, the that, two of them... Is that, I've, I've, is that the main Jedi from 
Rebels? Because I've seen the first four episodes. One of the main Jedi, yeah. Okay. Okay? So I won't even tell you who because it'll be spoilers. But they get sent away and Thrawn's like out of the way. But Ahsoka is basically trying to get to Thrawn to find this other Jedi and save him whilst also defeat Thrawn once and for all and eliminate that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all you need to know about Thrawn is that he collects things. He's like a martial art fucking specialist and is like a big baddie. So anyway, back to Mandalorian season two, we have Ahsoka fighting this girl whose name I forgot. She has this Beskar spear and she's fighting her for information on Thrawn. So mm-hmm. it's possible that this Beskar spear, because it never would have been made by a Mandalorian and it also I really doubt would have been made by a Jedi. It's very possible that Thrawn had it made so that he could kill both Mandalorians and Jedi and then maybe and passed collect. it on to her, like her superior. Or when he disappeared, she picked it up and sort of like just assumed that she could have it now kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Because when I was watching Mandalore Season 2 and suddenly he came across a Beskar spear, I instantly knew this was so that he could fight Moff Gideon and, and have the Darksaber. And it just felt too handy to me. I was like, oh, yeah, of course you find a Beskar spear. Like the, the yeah. couple episodes before you kind of come into Moff Gideon's world, like I was like kind of annoyed by it. But now hearing that the Mandalorians like would never have made it, Beskar's not allowed to be made into an armor because it can pierce us and it can kill us sort of thing. It's kind of a cool full circle that yeah, like, that, that spear now has more purpose as to whose it was and where it came from. And yeah. then now it's yeah, being... Why would, yeah, why would Mandalorians make They wouldn't. Like It's against, it's against could, Krieg, yeah. essentially, is what she's saying. So yeah. we know a Mandalorian wouldn't make it. It's very unlikely a Jedi would make it, so it was probably made by Thrawn or... Yeah, or, or someone else, but it's kind of cool just seeing where that could lead to. Mm-hmm. Um, then they melt it down, and we see Grogu getting made a little gift. Now, they, they don't specifically say what it's supposed to be. All they say is Beskar is supposed to be armor, okay? Yeah, and it doesn't look too big. Like, when he's no. holding the little... The little no, it's a little bundle. It's actually, like, head-sized, okay? And we see that they're little rings. So I'm thinking two things based on the little rings. It's either going to be a chain mail of some sort... Yeah. Or it's going to be like a necklace. I thought if it's going to be a necklace, it'll have their like sigil on it, their little house clan thing. So that yeah. would be kind of I suppose that would be kind of nice. Because yeah. they would both have their representation that they're a clan, even though they're apart kind of thing. I thought that would be kind of cool. But if they put Baby Yoda because he wears like rags, maybe just like chain mail underneath the rags, that wouldn't be too upsetting. Mm. But, and it's it's not going to be this, but could you imagine Baby Yoda in a little helmet? That's that's yeah, what that's I was what everyone picturing. I think the world is gonna want to see, see. like the ears when, just poking he, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When 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 uh when Mando said like he wanted to melt it down for armor for mm-hmm. a little a little beat. I can't remember his exact words, but he said um, a, he said uh it can be turned a little used for a foundling. Foundling, yeah. And then he foundling. said but a specific foundling and he wants it to be for Grogu. Uh-huh. Then I'll instantly picture because it's a pretty big spear. Yeah. So you think you could melt that down? Oh yeah, to like yeah. But remember, she only heated up. Grogu. She only heated up the end of it. Yeah. So the rest of it I is going to be used for whatever. So there might be more to come. Oh yeah, there's more that. But again, he's like abandoned them now. He's left them, so it, it's sort of off. Um. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about then about the armor, just to throw in another thing. So foundling, you know what we you know what a foundling is in terms of the Mandalorians. Uh, no, I'm guessing a baby. 
of some sort. Yeah, it's literally like someone who's kid. been a kid who's been found that they've adopted and will teach the way of the man. Oh, okay. So Din right. okay. is yeah, a foundling, yeah. right? We see that his parents put him in a little like garbage chute thing. Mm-hmm. And then he gets found by Mandalorians and he becomes a foundling. Mm-hmm. So they teach him the Mandalorian ways and then they become part of the creed sort of thing. Yeah. All right. So in that flashback, when they show Din being saved by the Mandalorians as a kid and how he first met them and became a Mandalorian or sort of got taken away by them, those Mandalorians have a sign on their shoulder that is Death Watch. So mm. he has been found by death watch okay okay so this is just me and my own brain here sort of thinking okay this might get confusing but death watch <laughs> was a faction okay so they were like a, a group okay yep. mm-hmm. and then maul darth maul now just maul used them to take over mandalore and they became Again, sort of a Death Watch maul sort of hybrid okay Hi- yeah, yeah maul like united a bunch of like uh, bad guys to become a thing called Crimson Dawn, which you hear mm-hmm. about in Solo, which is the yeah. Game of Thrones girl is a part of that. So or, or Crimson Dawn is sort of that, and these Mandalorians Death Watch become part of his sort of leadership thing. Death Watch were living on Conquered Dawn, and then we find out that the Armorer, okay, was also on Concord Dawn because she says that those of us who followed the way, as in those of us who weren't pacifists, those who followed the way of the Mandalore, the history of the Mandalorian, wearing the armor, weapons are religion, we're warriors, we're on Concord Dawn and survived, right? Death Watch were also on there. And then we see a scene that Death Watch were the group that found Din Djarin, okay? Yep. So we know that the armorer is linked to Death Watch and obviously to Din and Death Watch were linked to Darth Maul, okay? If you uh-huh. look at the armorer's helmet, she has little horns on her helmet. Mm. So I think there's a good chance that like she is somewhat from the same group that was involved with Darth Maul and Death Watch and all that sort of stuff. Could make sense. Which is just a tiny little thing. But I think essentially what could end up happening is that if we have Bo-Katan... So Din Djarin has now split off. He's been called by that group that he's no longer a Mandalorian. And yep. we know that season three is going to be him possibly going back to Mandalore to go into the mines and redeem himself to rejoin that faction. Or mm-hmm. Bo-Katan has also said, look, we need your help taking back Mandalore and she wants the, the whatever. Din's sort of in the middle between two groups because Bo-Katan group of Mandalorians are not going to get along with the armorers don't take no. their helmet off cult yeah. of Mandalorians, right? So Din at some point is going to have to make a decision as to what kind of Mandalorian he wants to be because he mm-hmm. currently owns the Darksaber. So he could just give it to Bo-Katan or he could say to Bo-Katan, no, you can fight me for it, but like I'm going to lead you guys to take back Mandalore. Or he could mm-hmm. go to Mandalore, repent, go into the mines and realize, and go back into the cult sort of thing. Basically, all this to say, I think that the season three is going to be a big battle between sort of the different Mandalorians and Din is going to pick as to who and what way he wants to serve. Um, but yeah, the little horns on the armor's helmet, I now think are pretty much linking her to Darth Maul and Death Watch in, in some yeah. way. Um, makes makes sense. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, we spoke about what Grogu's gift could be. Yeah, House Vizsla. It was kind of cool seeing him want to take the Darksaber back, but, you know, I think that's... It was, that was... It was um, 
What was his name? Prime Vizsla? So Pre Vizsla was the one that Darth Maul killed. Uh huh. And his exact name, I can't remember. It's something Vizsla. And Tar Vizsla is the original one who made the Darksaber. It was P Vizsla. It was like something P, though. Um, yeah, hang on. We'll see here. Because I thought it was him, but then it was like, well, he, no, he died. Pe- Pre Vizsla? Oh, yeah, no. Definitely different Vizsla. It's just saying that he's yeah. Paz Vizsla. Paz. Paz Vizsla. Paz Vizsla yeah. is the chunky boy in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's that's all that sort of sword. Um. So yeah, so he's sort of like left them now, and I think that he's Din's probably more likely to to choose Bo-Katan because he he himself realizes that you don't need to have your helmet on all the time, that's, and is that's sort what of I would finding think. his own way yeah. of being a Mandalorian. Um. So yeah, that's sort of setting that up. Um. Yeah, his new ship. We already spoke about that at great length, but like that is like so fucking cool i mean it's kind of strange that it's so much smaller than what he usually had but i think it also points to the fact that he might not be being a bounty hunter anymore going forward yeah he's just about kind of bounty hunter needs the space to have bounties on his ship like he used to uh-huh, he had them yeah. frozen in carbonite like three or four of them mm-hmm. at one point so maybe he's this ship accepting that this ship up. is him like yeah no longer wanting to be a bounty hunter and having that little pod at the back, if that's not for a baby Yoda, I don't know what the fuck's that like. It seems too well, obvious, I suppose, but also it's like, what else are you going to put back there? You look at the movies, right? Like, what does Anakin fly? What does Obi-Wan fly? Like, they don't... F- like, Han Solo flies the fucking Millennium, Millennium Falcon, Falcon yeah. because he's a smaller smuggler, smuggler in a yeah. sense. Yeah. So he needs the space. Whereas Anakin and... and Obi-Wan, they're a part of something bigger. Yeah, they're they run, part of they like run a, missions and that's it. Yeah. So him getting this kind of uh, aircraft or... Ship. Yeah. Ship, like, could maybe suggest that he is... Going to live on Mandalore? In, in, yeah, in season three, he's going to become a part of a group, a community, mm-hmm. where he doesn't need that big spaceship thing that yeah. like he would store his... Yeah, I agree. Um Last thing about the episode that I thought was kind of like open to questions is that we know that on Tatooine at the minute, the spice, like she said it herself when they were fixing the ship there, that the spice, you don't want to mess with them. They've sort of taken over and they're doing spice routes and running drugs and all this sort of stuff, right? And mm-hmm. then immediately Mando takes his ship on a space ride. He gets pulled over by like the the re- new rebellion um, police, the new Republic like police. Uh-huh. So my question is like, why if the New Republic police are just there in X-wings, which you know is kind of strange, then like, yeah, why are they not dealing with like the Spice Syndicate or like why 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 were they there? I get why they did it. Like it was a fun scene. It was like you know when you just get a new hot rod and then they pull you over and then you speed off sort of thing. Like I know visually why it, as well. Yeah, but it was just like a visually bit like okay, well if you're there, why were you there? Kind of thing. Open to a little bit of question. So maybe the rebel, the the rebellion, the new alliance, whatever you want to call them, new republic, maybe they're going to get involved in the spice fight some way somehow, and almost well, like side well, with like, Boba Fett. Um, if you were, know. if you were a, because effectively they're like police officers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in their own kind of way, if you were to see a a, a spaceship like that flying out of world, mm-hmm. like. Close to over a commercial the speed, one, and close, yeah, yeah, over over the speed limit. 
it would kind of strike you as because they might just be on patrol. They might just yeah. be, you know, yeah, they might flying be. around. Yeah, there's, there's every chance it doesn't mean something. I was just, I was just like, it's almost too coincidence, other than for the funny aspect as to why they were there. And then the I pilot think they were doing it for the visuals. So you didn't, you don't remember where that pilot's from? No, none of the episodes. No, no, the the Mandalor- I've not watched the Mandalorian. And okay, so like season good, one, good there's the episode where they have to break someone out of prison. And Mando is sort of hired with a bunch of other aliens. Bill Burr is one of them. That's when that character's first introduced, the bald ginger Wait, yeah. guy. And they have to break yeah. out a Twi'lek with the long hair from a prison, uh-huh. a Republic prison he, guard he ship. double-crosses them. Yeah, they double-cross. They have right. that whole issue. At the very end, yep. there are two X-Wings that come in because the dude, the one guy on it, who Mando doesn't want to shoot and kill, triggered an alarm. And the two X-Wings come in to see what's up because it's a new Republic prison ship, right? Right, okay. He's yep. one of the X-Wing pilots. Then we have the frog lady when he has to take her and her eggs from one planet to another, from Tatooine to another planet. And Baby Yoda's eating yep. the eggs. And they're yeah, on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two X-Wing pilots pull them over and they go into the ice thing and they have that spy. All the spiders come at them. Uh-huh. And then these X-Wing pilots save them. So that's that same X-Wing pilot. And he says, you know, you were tagged near this uh, prison break-in operation was it you kind of thing and they have a bit of back and forward there okay uh, and then the next okay, thing yeah. is that fast forward fast forward is when they go to um uh navarro again and they find that um i'm fairly certain it's this when they find the cloning facility and they blow it up uh-huh. So it's where it gets announced that the Empire was working on cloning, and you see these like clones in test tubes and all this sort of stuff, and it's like lava, and then they they blow it all up to high hell, and this is mm-hmm. where Baby Yoda's eating those blue cookies and then throws up blue. Oh yeah. And there's the Tie Fighters and the Razor Crest. They have an air fight, and he goes up, uh-huh. turns around, spins, and destroys them. So the mm-hmm. end of that episode, the same X-wing pilot shows up. And says, you know, thank you basically for clearing off the Imperial. Navarro is now a, th- a free planet. And he gives Cara Dune the big rebellion badge. Says we could really use someone like you. And then Cara Dune becomes part of the New Republic. And the end of Mandalorian Season 2, she doesn't let Moff Gideon kill himself. Because she's like, no, the New Republic wants him and I'm going to turn him in kind of thing. Yeah. Which is full circle there. Yeah. All that to say that that pilot is essentially possibly looking for Mando just to find out more answers because he has a sneaking suspicion that the Empire is still alive, like it's not ended and they're trying to do something. Something is building, is what he says. So he probably just wants to talk to Mando to like say see what he knows and ask him for help. Yeah. Because he's basically the only guy so far that we have any idea has a slight clue that the First Order and Snoke and Palpatine and all that might still be around and be building mm-hmm. for something. So again, that could possibly lead into a TV series of some kind, but don't know what. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't. I really don't think we're seeing Baby Yoda in this show. I think the next two episodes. I think yeah. The next episode the, will be Boba Fett. The third episode will be all of them, but no Baby Yoda. I think the the cockpit with the little bubble in the back for for Grogu. I think that's a big hint for season three. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't think we see that. Uh, I don't think we see him. But that coming in itself. Into, I think like, I think you're spot on with the. Uh, I think you're spot on with how. He obviously says he's going to see a little friend first. Mm-hmm. So he'll be away for episode six, and then he'll come back in episode seven. I think um, so. But if that little backpack right is for Baby Yoda, then does Baby Yoda leave Luke and doesn't become a Jedi? 
Like, well, that would that would make it would make more sense to me. Grogu joining Mando and becoming a maybe a Jedi Mandalorian, more Mandalorian, mm-hmm. because like nobody. I know this is obviously this these this TV shows came out after the 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 new Disney sequels. Mm-hmm. But you'd think they'd have some understanding what's coming down the line, and they could like drop little hints. Yeah, like but you, time, they would timeline maybe drop... wise, yeah, it's it's all before Ray and Kylo Ren and all that, right? So none of that's happened. Yeah, yet. but yeah, yeah, like, but <laughs> like, if if because obviously that's in the future, so yeah. Ray, Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. you'd think that there would be some sort of history, like they would. Yeah, well, this is what essentially upsets me i said this to mckinley the other day is i wish that the disney movies hadn't been made and that we were just getting the mandalorian tv series the bad batch tv series the book of boba fett tv series all this sort of stuff i wish we were getting that with no idea as to what the future is so we wouldn't know about the first order or kylo ren or snoke or any of that and it was just all building yeah yeah, because Right now, I'm watching all of this and falling in love with these characters, but I know they're not in those three movies. So I know yeah. at some point they either die, or they run away, or they're just and they're just, they're just somewhere about. else, right? Because the whole galaxy is essentially coming together to fight, you know, Palpatine, who's the, suddenly back yeah. and the big bad and all that sort of shit. I know it's I know they're gonna try and start pointing it that way. But then, like, yeah, you'd be like, okay, well, where's Boba Fett? Where's, like, if Han Solo's still around, like, why is Boba Fett not still around? Where's where's Din? Like, what was Baby Yoda doing during all of this? How, I suppose. Like, and if if Luke Skywalker is the one training Baby Yoda, then why the hell is he not, like, is he part of the Jedi Temple and then gets killed off by, like, Ben Solo when it goes bad? Like, what, what happens? Like Maybe. But, right, I'm long shot but like you think of war and stuff like that there's a lot of different battles taking place at the same time mm-hmm. so potentially they're they're fighting some other big bad they're fighting or... they're fighting yeah they're fighting another but there's another no front of the war mandalorian or mandalore in any of those three movies which is like the big like oh like yeah it does suck like it they're building suck, so but... much of this awesomeness towards a, a nothing but that's what makes that that's what makes me think more that Grogu joins Mando, and they have a separate path. They have yeah. a because it's not all like the Star Wars universe, like the, the the fucking size of the galaxy. It's not just all about one war taking True. place. Like there's there's so many things going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So very true who knows i prefer the tv shows though oh not, yeah not like i 100 percent do like the, the, over the whole thing right but like the t- i just the think tv, TV shows, shows are, you get so much you get so much more are doing everything that i love so much um but the three disney ones are the only thing that like sort of limits what i like about these tv shows because i don't know where the characters are they're gonna they have to try and make the tv shows turn into answers for the three disney movies at some point yeah right well, like they've already tried to th- do it. They've already started talking about how the Empire is still around and they're doing clones, which then links towards yeah. why Snoke is a thing, why Emperor Palpatine mm-hmm. is still alive, and sort of trying to answer those questions. Um, it's more for me that like TV shows, they do exactly what we spoke about last week. How, uh, not last week. It was in the the last episode, the sequels, March Madness. Mm-hmm. How. Uh, Bug-eyed lady. What's her name again? Maz. Maz. Yep. 
Um, there was another cu- a couple of other ones that we we spoke about how we had no idea where they came yeah, from. Mars, and the Phasma, Snoke. Like, yeah, they just they were like ten minutes. They just here. Yeah, they were just here. Whereas TV shows, they're in, obviously we know who the Mandalorian is, but they're introducing him back into how he ties him with Boba, mm-hmm. and they've given him a whole fifty minutes. Yeah. It's like it, movies just can't do that. Yeah. Like there's no no room for that. Yeah, no, I like it all. And that's what I like yeah, about it. No, TV sh- can take the time to properly explain things and they seem to be doing a really good job of explaining things so far. And there's a Absolutely. good amount of information in the TV series that if you are a fan of Star Wars and also the the world beyond Star Wars is in like the comic books, the books, everything that's not in a movie, then you can mm-hmm. still nerd out quite a bit. Um there was a lot in this one anyway. There's a lot in this. This one, this one, like, was a perfect, like, because here's what I was thinking, right? I know that most people hate the prequels, right? The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. Most people do not like them at all. And I wouldn't, I, I would probably say that if, if people were going to put the worst Star Wars movie in the world, it would be Attack of the Clones or The Phantom Menace. Maybe Attack of the Clones and then The I Phantom Menace. I just don't Menace, understand right? why. But. I get it from a generational gap point of view, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you grew up with the originals, you're going to love the originals. If you grew up around the prequels like we did, then like yeah. you're going to love the prequels. If you're growing up now, you're going to yeah. love the Disney ones, right? So yeah. it does sort of make sense that you attach to it. But but yeah, the prequels are 20... Phantom Menace is 22 years old, 23 years old now. It came out in 1999, right? The sequels did? The prequels. No, not the sequels. The prequels. The Phantom Menace so came out in 1999. 19... So that's 22, that was year 23 after years after I was old, born. Right? So Holy that's shit. kind of crazy. But now seeing stuff that they're making today, 2022, is like paying homage to that the same way as in like the prequels paid homage to the original movies and stuff. Yeah. It's really cool to see. Like they took all the best bits, arguably, other than Darth Maul. They took all the best bits from like the prequel sort of Tatooine esque and worlds here. So the Naboo Starfighter was super cool. Everyone liked that. They loved the pod racing scene, and they're putting it into this and like sort of paying homage to it and like doing it so well. They're like, yeah, like this is Star Wars, and it. Whilst you didn't like it back then, hopefully now you can see that it is like still cool and it is still like a Star Wars world. I really loved that scene. Actually, we didn't really speak about that one. Well, like pod, not the, that the one, but pod racing when they went through the the yeah. Vegas Canyon. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's, the ramp with it's the so broken cool boards. <sighs> like, yeah, I'm gonna see if I can pause it exactly at the right moment here. But yeah, he comes around the corner. So, as I said, in the original, in A New Hope, so the first ever Star Wars movie, Luke says that like. I uh, used to like fly old T-16s and shoot womp rats through like Beggar's Canyon and all this sort of stuff. Like he quotes it a couple times saying that. So like having him now come through and round this corner and then pause right here. There's the, there's the part where like the commentator during the pod racing scene goes like, Oh, Anakin's been forced onto the service ramp. <laughs> yeah. And then like he smashes <laughs> through that barrier and that barrier is still like smashed up. Like it's just cool. Like, it's it's a fine eye for detail. Yeah. The 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 creators, the directors of mm-hmm. the, of the just, Mandalorian. They're just doing it really, really. Props well. to them. And I don't know. I just I just love it. I love it. I love everything about this. I love that this is his ship. I love that he flew it through the pod racing course. I know. The inside As of the cockpit, all the homage. buttons and stuff. Like, oh yeah, this was like this was the episode I needed 
to because as just to Phantom Menace is good. my biggest, fav- most favorite movie of all time in the world of Star Wars. So this episode, like the Mandalorian, having a whole episode where it's so clearly paying homage to the Phantom Menace specifically, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is this is cool. So yeah, really cool episode. I don't Great think episode. it is a Book of Boba Fett episode because arguably you could watch this episode well you definitely can you can watch this episode without ever seeing any of the previous four episodes for book of boba fett and it would make sense if you've seen the mandalorian yeah it doesn't follow on the only thing is at the very end fennec shan comes in and says hey boba like wants you sort of thing which would make yeah. sense even if we didn't have a book of boba fett series you know so yeah yeah a little bit That's i can true, see I why people would be upset with that but i was more than happy i don't care it's like, why be upset? We just got given the fucking yeah, great I'm thinking episode. of it. I'm thinking of it like this is the Mandalorian season three, like build up preview, uh, preview episode, Taster. like whatever you want to call it. Get that. your balls tingling. And we've got a week off of Boba Fett, and Boba Fett will be. We don't get a Boba Fett episode this week, but next week we'll get one. And then when Din comes back, it makes so much more sense, and we don't have to worry I'm about so all excited. the other questions. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Next week. Roll on next week. Fucking roll We thought on this next week, week, we said, both of us said that this week was going to be big, and we were right. We were wrong completely as to how it oh, was going to be big. Yeah, but absolutely. Everything we said from last week to this is going to hit next week. At, at, at the end, I was like, this can't be the end. I've not seen Boba. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Oh, it can, man. and it is. Great episode. Great episode. And speaking of the end, I'm going to hit the outro here. Oh, that's way too loud. My bad. Um... As always, you can follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Please, on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at pineapplethory underscore podcast. We're almost at 100. We're almost at 100. Keep that going. I'm one of your hosts, Reese. My co-host, John. You stay classy, San Diego. Of course. And we shall see you fucking next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.